Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up, everyone, and welcome to The Art of Being Well. I am a leading functional medicine expert. I get to consult people around the world via webcam, and I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, which is my newest book, and The Inflammation Spectrum and Ketotarian. If you want to learn more about my clinical work, the telehealth center, the books, and there's lots of free resources there for you as well, you can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's dr W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E dot com. And listeners of The Art of Being Well, I am giving away free signed books. All you have to do is head on over to Apple Podcast and rate and review The Art of Being Well. That's all. And no matter when you listen to this episode, my team and I will be going through the reviews on Apple Podcasts and randomly picking winners every month. So just leave the review. You can leave your Instagram handle on your Apple Podcast review or what you can do alternatively is screenshot your Apple Podcast review and then message me on Instagram at Dr. Will Cole. So whether you do it that way or just leave your Instagram handle, my team and I will go through the messages on Instagram and the reviews and be randomly picking winners. And you can pick whatever book that you want, either Ketotarian, the Inflammation Spectrum, or Intuitive Fasting. And I'll reach out to you personally and send out the signed book to you personally. All right, let's get to today's guest. She is a longtime friend of mine. Her name is Dr. Marisa Snyder. Dr. Snyder, man, you're going to learn so much from Marisa. She is a functional medicine practitioner. She is a women's health expert, and she's the author of over eight books and counting. I can't even keep count. It's so many books, including the bestsellers, The Essential Oils Hormone Solution, The Dash Diet Cookbook, and Smart Mom's Guide to Essential Oils. So many good books. Also, one of her newer ones is called The Essential Oils Menopause Solution, Alleviate Your Symptoms and Reclaim Your Energy, Sleep, Sex Drive, and Metabolism. For the past decade and counting, she has lectured at wellness centers, conferences, and corporations on hormone health, essential oils, nutrition, and detoxification. She has been featured on Dr. Oz, Oprah Magazine, Fox News Health, Mind Body Green, and many publications. Dr. Marisa is also the host of the top-rated Essentially You podcast, which I've been on a few times. It's an amazing show designed to empower women to become the CEO of their health. Check out her website, drmarisa.com, for women's hormones tips, all the things, recipes, remedies, so many things. You are going to learn so much from Dr. Marisa. Stay tuned through the entire conversation because at the end, I will also answer one of your health questions and it asks me anything. All right. This is Dr. Marisa Snyder's Art of Being Well. Dr. Marisa Snyder, how the heck have you been? Oh, so, so good. New year, new all kinds of good things going on, staying healthy. I got a whoop strap on. <laughs> whoop you it know, up. Got a, 
I mean, what's a whoop? I mean, I know what a whoop is, but people are going to be like, what's a whoop band? So that is, is such a, a great question. Yeah. So, and it's brand, I just got it. My husband's been wearing one for a year now. And I finally, you know, I, we have, we have a one-year-old and we are still co- we're co-sleeping with our one-year-old. I'm normalizing co-sleeping over here. And I didn't want to get a whoop because it measures your, your, your strain, kind of like what your activity is for the day. It measures your resilience, your stress resilience, and it also measures your sleep. And I am a one-stop snack shop throughout the e- throughout the night. <laughs> and I really didn't want to see what my whoop strap said <laughs> for sleep. But, you know, it's so basically it's measuring your variability. It's so how you're managing stress, how your body is managing resilience, measuring the amount of strain, like how much you are working, your heart, and really how you're doing in terms of recovery regarding sleep. And so it, I think wearables, I love wearables. I personally am a big fan of wearing a CGM at least for a month or two to get a sense of what's going on with your blood sugar levels. But I think the more that we can wear wearables, it gives us real-time information about how we can change. Now, yeah. the one thing I can't change is that baby snacking. So, yeah. <laughs> nope, none of that going on. You're, it is what it is. Enjoy exactly. the season. Wearing a CGM, what did you learn? Like anything oh bioindividual to you that you're like, wow, yes. that was shocking. Yeah, well, and really more so, one, I was really happy to see that I was I was rocking it. And, and I have been... And it's not necessarily being being Latina or being Mexican, but the, my Mexican side of my family, many, many of my family members, including uncles, even my sister are diabetic or pre-diabetic. And so I had been told that I, I had run my genetics a long time ago, and I had been told that I had a pretty strong propensity for type two diabetes and insulin resistance. And so now that I'm 42, I was, I was 41 when I started wearing the CGM, I was really curious to see what was going on with my metabolism, especially postpartum after having my son. And I was so happy to report that my average blood sugar levels, my fasting blood sugar levels are usually between 65 milligrams per deciliter and 85 milligrams per deciliter, which is pretty pretty nice. I would say we would love people to be around 70 milligrams per deciliter to a hundred, well, at post eating, but I would say 75 to 85 milligrams per 70 to 85 milligrams per deciliter is where we want you to be fasting. And so the big thing that I walked away from was that any sugar and even, even sweet potatoes past 5 PM what a spike. So I, so, and sushi, we, we sushi, asahi (laughs) bowls, things like that. Like Basically, my body is doing really well, but sugar and I, we are we are not friends. <laughs> hey, that, and that just shows you how you can dial in and, and really look at bioindividuality, where maybe someone that's a little bit more genetically more insulin sensitive could handle that sweet potato in the evening with no problem. You know? No, yeah, no problem. So I've learned that you know if I'm going to focus on any super yummy healthy carbs like sweet potatoes or let's say quinoa, usually that's morning or at noon, like lunch and breakfast. But then I focus a lot for my body was proteins, healthy fats, and lots of vegetables. You know, so that is what we focus on for dinner. My husband finally got one and he did not have the metabolic flexibility that I had. And so it was really fascinating because I just assumed he was, because he was a guy, because I, I looked at so, I've looked at so many CGMs. I've looked at so much blood sugar levels over the years. Men tend to do better. And so I, you know, I'm just going to throw him under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> it's now officially on a podcast. <laughs> we, are, we know about his metabolic flexibility. But I want to <laughs> talk about something that you mentioned earlier, normalizing co-sleeping. And we just yes. talk, I mean, parent to parent and anybody parents out there, or parents to be, or just interested in kids <laughs> and like health of kids. But the, let's, Talk about that. There's a lot of parent shaming out there when it comes to things like that, huh? There is a lot of parent shaming around everything. There's a lot of mama shame. Brene Brown, I think she coined it, you know, mom shame or mama shame several years ago. And yeah, oh my gosh, the the attacks on moms around co-sleeping is really intense on social media. And everyone is like, you need to be, you need to be sleep training your baby. And, you know, you got to do what's right for you. And for our son, our son, Kingston, he loves, I mean, he loves his mama, obviously, but he just loves, he loves to be near us. He loves to be cuddling with us. It feels so safe. It feels like a great place. It's easier on me. I don't have to get up in the middle of the night and walk all the way over to his room and his crib. 
And so it's something that I know my husband, Alex would love for us to put him back in the, put him in the crib, but I'm the mama. So I make the rules. And so we are, (laughs) we are at the very least keeping him in bed with us until, until he's two. That's where we're at at the moment. And I'm still breastfeeding him. I will be breastfeeding him at least until he's two as well. And so to me, that just makes, it just makes so much sense. And we think about co-sleeping around the world. I mean, this is what cultures have been doing for centuries. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that we think we know best. Like it's like our, like this is the one way that all parents should do it, but it's, that's easy for people to say, right? And I will say that it is the sweetest thing every single morning, 645 on the dot, that little boy, (laughs) he pops up like a meerkat. You know, just and he's just sitting up in the middle of the bed next to us, grinning at us, smiling. Aww. He's so cuddly and yummy. Like this is such a small, short season that we'll never get back. Yes. And so we're just savoring every second of it. I, I mean, as a parent of a 15-year-old and a 12-year-old, I will tell you, I look back at those sweet days that you're in right now with Kingston and just thinking, man, like, we all could have done better like as parents when you look back over years, but I wish I soaked it in more. You know, I, I tried my best, but even when in hindsight, you're like, I wish I could have stopped time those years. So no shame here. I, I think Thank you're doing you, a great Manny. job. Yeah, yeah, this is the year of, it, literally we coined this year of enjoying Kingston. That's what this this 2022 is all about. Just savoring every little step and fall and cuddle and everything little moment as he's stepping into toddlerhood, but he's still a little baby. Mm -hmm. You know, that is what we are doing. And so all of our goals were based on that was like, how can we savor the joy of this amazing little human? Yeah, that's good for anybody out there listening, no matter what season you're in. Look at the, because me also, the other side of the coin is he requires a lot of time and attention too. So this is a good symbol for all seasons of life, whether you're a parent or not. Like there are tough parts of seasons and there's really beautiful parts of seasons. So I think the beautiful meditation and all of that is really finding the the, the positives and the magic in, in, in the mundane sometimes. Mm, I agree. Yeah, it's about the, it's a reframe. It's yeah. a mindset. And yeah, though, are there days where, you know, there's poop on me and, or I, I got <laughs> peed on, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, and it yeah. is what it, it's just the, it's, it, I don't know. We, we just really, that's been our big mindset for this year was, and you're absolutely right. We can shift our mindset every day. We are one thought away from that, that healthy choice. We are one thought away from seeing our, seeing everything as things happening for us versus mm-hmm. happening to us. And so that's just, you know, and it's, it's a daily practice moving in that direction because it's so easy to get sucked into the negative of, of so much that's going on today. Well, it's like that saying that the days are long, but the years are short. That cannot Mm -hmm. be more true, right? All right. So one of the top things that I get asked on social media specifically is what are my thoughts about apple cider vinegar? It actually is a great tool to support gut health. I love it. But you want to make sure that you're getting it in a safe way because it's a very potent, it can burn your esophagus if you're taking it straight up. So you don't want to have it undiluted. And the way that I love it and many of my patients love it, honestly, this is a game changer for so many of my patients' digestive health is the apple cider vinegar complex from Paleo Valley. You can get all the healing properties of apple cider vinegar without the fuss or the burn ACV has been shown to support with digestion, breaking down proteins and other foods for better absorption. Think of it as a whole food-based digestive enzyme. It improves blood sugar response, supporting with satiety and cravings. If you're struggling with any blood sugar problems or hangriness or cravings, this is a great way to, to support the mitigation of that. And the main ingredient, acetic acid, supports in extracting nutrients from food for use by the body. And what I also love about this complex is that they blend it with other healing spices for your body, like turmeric and ginger and cinnamon and lemon for added benefits of digestion. So if you're struggling with indigestion, bloating, SIBO type symptoms, acid reflux, if you're struggling with even IBS issues, constipation, this is a great way to support microbiome balance, to support healthy digestion and healthy absorption of foods. So all you have to do is head on over to paleovalley.com slash Dr. Will. 
That's paleovalley.com slash D-R-W-I-L-L for 15% off your first order. Again, that's paleovalley.com slash Dr. Will for 15% off your first order at Paleo Valley. Our next partner has a product I have loved for years. It is a game changer in my life as well as my patients. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day off right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free. It also contains less than one gram of sugar. Again, AG1 is this small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's all you have to do. It's really simple to make it really easy for you. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting, mood-supporting, tons of pathway-supporting vitamin D. And I have to say, when I'm looking at labs, vitamin D deficiency is very, very pervasive. And they're going to give you a free one-year supply, as well as five free travel packs of Athletic Greens with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash willcole. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash willcole to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hey guys, it's Hunter and Michaela, and this is the Model Citizen Podcast. We wanted to let the members of our community experience a different side of us that they see glimmers of, but never the full force. Exactly. We wanted a place where we could talk unfiltered about anything and everything, including our lives and experiences in the modeling industry, beauty, fashion, dating, sex, marriage, a dash of political commentary, and of course, pop culture, honey. We're going all the way in. Tune in every Thursday for a giggle, a laugh, and maybe even a tear or two. You've just found your new best friends, and we're so happy to have you. All right, so let's talk about menopause. Let's talk about perimenopause. Let's shift gears here into the work that you do, the work that we both do in in functional medicine. So there's a lot of confusion around that term, perimenopause, menopause, like what that actually means, what classifies that technically. What's the difference between the two? And why do so many doctors miss the mark when it comes to this phase of life for every woman? Yeah, I think with the doctors, it's very much a knowledge gap. I I think we got to rewrite some of the textbooks that are going on in school. (laughs) But let me just break it down. So I'm going to break down perimenopause first and kind of just, I kind of break it into a couple of different segments because we think about that transition from perimenopause to menopause. We're talking about... You know, 10, 10 plus years, give or take, depending on what's going on with women. And given the fast paced world that we're living in, we're finding that women are going into menopause and perimenopause earlier than they used to. And so I would say, you know, for, I know for me, when I started kind of the the early signs of shifting things in perimenopause, I would say that was around 36, 35. I just noticed my resilience shifted a little bit. The stress felt a little bit more tangible. My periods were a little bit heavier and I was dealing with estrogen dominance, which, so I, I basically, my progesterone just tanked. And we know that that progesterone from perimenopause to menopause drops much faster than does than estrogen. And that has a lot to do with anovulatory cycles. We just start to cycle, have less ovulation, we have to have ovulation to make progesterone. It is a, it is the precursor to, to creating that beautiful hormone that we take for granted. And so as we, I would say early, late, late, mid to late thirties, we start to notice some changes and it may not even be enough to like kind of notice, notice that something's changing, but that's what I've seen in labs. Then kind of 42, 43 is where women start to feel like they kind of fall off that proverbial cliff. That's when everyone's like, something happened. And this is when periods become more inconsistent. Maybe a 30-day period is now a 28-day period. 
or a 20 sleep period, they maybe are getting heavier. You're starting to notice more PMS symptoms, mood swings, irritability, hadn't before. Maybe weight is becoming a little bit challenging. We start to see signs and symptoms of, of insulin resistance, cravings. You're getting exhausted in the middle of the day around two or three o'clock in the afternoon. And then as we move into our late 40s, progesterone has definitely decreased around 75 plus cent. And you look on a, on a, on a Dutch test, on a hormone lab, you're going to see that if you test anywhere between like day 19 and day 21 of your cycle, if you, hopefully you're tracking your cycle, you're going to see that progesterone has definitely dropped. And then estrogen can be just all over the place. And it's that estrogen roller coaster in relationship to that low progesterone. As we head into 47, 48, 49, it can feel like oftentimes women are confused that it's menopause. They're like, oh my gosh, am I in menopause now? And I think a lot of the signs and symptoms that we thought were menopause is really that, that end of the perimenopause roller coaster. So the night sweats, the hot flashes, the difficulty sleeping, the mental chatter, the mood swings, the, the super heavy, heavy periods, all of that starts to happen in our late forties as we're getting ready to, to step into menopause. Now, menopause is just a defining moment. And basically how it breaks down is that if you do not have a period for a full year, and, and, and there's a lot of discussion around if it should be a full year, if it should be a year and a half, there's a lot up for debate here, but that's kind of the medical terminology is that for first year, you don't have a period, voila, you are in menopause. And you are in menopause at that point forward for the rest of your life, whether you want to call it post-menopause, you know, whatever you would like to call it or midlife, whatever it is you want to, you want to call it. And yes, some of these symptoms can carry on. And I don't think it necessarily has as much to do with a decline, the, the complete decline of progesterone and estrogen, as much as I think there's some other things going on as well, well, which is really driven by metabolic flexibility or lack thereof. Mm, wonderfully said. So let, let's talk about tracking cycles. That's something that I have patients do. And you mentioned, hopefully you are tracking your cycle. Yes. How do you, you would think women would know how to do this, but it's just not talked about enough and women are not empowered to do this and be in tune with their body. So how do you recommend tracking one's menstrual cycle? Absolutely. Such a great question. And yes, your cycle, your period, your, the whole, that whole, the whole cycle, the follicular phase, luteal phase, it is literally a, it's, it is a sign in which tells us what's going on with the body. It is, it is a, what I call, oh my gosh, a vital sign is what we're talking about. And I, that's why I don't understand why we don't put enough importance on this. And the sooner that we can get girls tracking their, their periods and their cycle, the better. And so basically with the two things, I recommend an app flow Kendara. There's so many different apps out there. It makes it so, so easy. And what I also recommend, once you get the app, ignore the notifications, <laughs> it gets, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause let, let for three full months, ignore what the app is saying, just track your cycle and get to know your cycle before, you know, before it's making assumptions about ovulating or whatever. And then you also want a standard thermometer and you want to be tracking your, your temperature every single morning or evening, whatever works best for you, um, because we want to know when you're ovulating. And ovulation usually happens between day 12 and day 15. It really depends on how, what the length of your cycle. So day 14 would be like an ideal, optimal 28-day cycle. And when you ovulate, the, your temperature is going to jump up about a half a, a half a degree and you'll, and it'll stay consistently higher. So let's say you were, you know, 98 degrees, you know, in terms of temperature, now you're 98.5 and you'll just notice that across the board as progesterone is rising, your temperature will stay that way. And that's really the best indicator that we know if you're ovulating or not, and you're, you're staying consistent across the board. So that would be a great, great combo for tracking your cycle. Got it. All right. And another term that you talked about that I know people are wanting to, to learn from you, you, I mean, you are the expert in this space is estrogen dominance. You mentioned you having estrogen dominance. So what, what exactly is it for people that are new to that term? And what are some signs and symptoms of estrogen, estrogen dominance? Absolutely. So, so just really break it down with the cycle in the follicular phase, 
estrogen is queen. She, well, and she's Beyonce in general. Let's just call her Beyonce. Let's get out the way. But she is especially Beyonce in that follicular phase. And that's the reason why in the follicular phase, after like day seven of your your first cycle, like as you get started, you're starting to, you're starting to feel yourself. You know what I'm saying? You're starting to like, you start to put the good clothes on. You're starting to go out with your girlfriends, maybe the red lipstick. You're, you're working out doing the bigger hit trainings. Maybe you're like going tilt keto, you know, like you are just in, you're you're feeling that good, yummy energy. And that is queen B that is estrogen doing her thing. But as we move into the luteal cycle, it's progesterone. She's the one still in the show. And so it's most usually we're in that particular second part of our cycle in the luteal phase. If progesterone was not robust, because there's the missed ovulation or that ovulation just wasn't bringing the business and that corpus luteum was not releasing enough progesterone to really give you that umph. And, and really what it feels like is progesterone is like a yummy, cozy blanket on a, just a warm, or like a cold day. She is a chill pill. You know what I'm saying? And so if you're not feeling so chill, you're not feeling so cozy, <laughs> there's a good chance we should be looking at progesterone and estrogen. And so Estrogen, although it does have a little peak inside of the luteal phase, it's nowhere near where progesterone is supposed to be. However, if for some reason we're not getting enough robust progesterone for a number of reasons, including anovulatory cycles, we're going to see more estrogen in relationship to progesterone. And so you can call it excess estrogen. You can call it unopposed estrogen, and you can even have a low estrogen but still have a lower progesterone. And that was me. So when I was 36, I had, I had menopausal grade progesterone levels. And that was definitely concerning because I planned to get pregnant in my forties. And so I was like, I need to figure this out because that is a maintain a pregnancy hormone. And so in relation to it, although I had relatively low estrogen levels as well, it was still higher than progesterone. And so symptoms around that is heavy periods, usually lasting five to seven days, painful menstrual cramps, irritability, migraines, lumpy, hard breasts, fibrocystic breasts, bloating, a fat distribution around the hips, thighs, and the belly, especially as we get older. You also could be experiencing it's in relationship thyroid function as well. So you may notice brittle fingers, brittle nails, brittle hair, but those are the most common signs and symptoms of estrogen dominance. And the crazy thing about it is that as the natural progression of us moving through perimenopause, at some point in time, all of us as women are going to experience some level of unopposed estrogen. Got it. So uh, that's a great point. So it's really the estrogen to progesterone ratio that we are looking at on tests. Like you mentioned, the dust, Dutch test that we look at in functional medicine. Um, got there it. are other areas to look at too, but that's, that's usually the first place we look. Yeah, absolutely. Supermush is the world's best superfood mouth spray. They've created the easiest and most effective way to get your daily dose of energy, immunity, and chill. Mouth sprays are one of the most effective ways to ingest supplements and have the fastest absorption rate so you feel the effects immediately. Supermush has three unique formulas. They have the daily energy mouth spray, the daily chill mouth spray, and the daily immunity mouth spray. So the daily energy mouth spray has cordyceps and lion's mane and rhodiola to give you clean burst of energy without the jitters. It's a great caffeine replacement. The daily chill is for winding down in the evening. It's a great, like if you're not taking any sleep aids, this is a natural way to support your body's own natural resting, sleeping, digesting state with things like ashwagandha and lion's mane and lavender to bring about a calm and chill out mechanisms within the body. And then the daily immunity mouth spray has things to support cellular health like turkey tail and ginger to keep your immune system strong. This is something that my son, actually, he's 16 years old and he's very picky about bringing superfoods into his (laughs) diet. This is a great convenient way. Just four to eight sprays of these every day. He takes the energy one throughout the day. He takes the chill mouth spray in the evening when he's going to bed and the daily immunity one whenever he's feeling running down just to support his immune system. You can get $10 off your first order at supermush.com with code WILLCOLE. Again, it's code WILLCOLE for $10 off at supermush.com. Use daily to optimize your health. Using Talkspace feels a little like having a therapist in your pocket. 
That's why being able to reach out to therapists or psychiatrists anytime from anywhere makes taking care of your mental health super easy. My patients love Talkspace and I love what they're doing. I mean, we've been doing telehealth for the past 12 years and that is what Talkspace is doing in the realm of mental health. Patients feel more relaxed when they're traveling, knowing that if they need to talk to their therapist, they can just send a message wherever they're at in the world. Super convenient. They can work through things in therapy. Working through things in therapy can be tough, but, but connecting with your Talkspace therapist is not. I wholeheartedly recommend Talkspace for therapy. You can sign up online and start therapy the same day as you sign up. You can text, video, or send voice messages to your licensed therapist. So it's incredibly convenient to have virtual sessions from the comfort of your home. It's affordable. Talkspace is a fraction of the cost of in-person therapy. Instead of waiting for an appointment, you can send unlimited messages to your therapist 24-7 and they'll engage with you daily, five days a week. As a listener of The Art of Being Well, you'll get $100 off your first month with Talkspace. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com. Make sure to use code ABW for Art of Being Well. Again, use code ABW to get $100 off your first month and show your support for The Art of Being Well. That's ABW and Talkspace.com. All right, my friend, I'm going to throw some different myths around female hormones, and I want you to debunk these myths, settle them, shed some light on them once and for all. Are you up for this? I am so ready. Challenge? Okay. I'm so, so ready. (laughs) All right. First myth. Menopause means you are officially old. It's the end of your vitality, beauty, femininity, sexuality, and passion. What's, is that true or not? I just have, I have one word and that's J-Lo. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) We have literally shifted the way that we think about women entering into their fifties and beyond. And so, no, I think that we get to pivot. If our bodies are pivoting, we get to pivot as well. And you get to decide how you want to feel moving forward. And my mama is my greatest inf- inspiration, JLo too. But my mama was rocking Daisy Dukes and, and eyelashes and hair extensions. She's 62. This was happening at 58 years old. And she looked like a stunner, you know? And she has ran, my mom has ran, I think she has now ran 20 plus marathons in the wow. last 10 years. 75 half marathons in the last 10 years. She didn't start running until she was 52 years old. Oh my gosh. Dang. There you go. Myth busted. That's right. (laughs) Myth busted. Myth one busted. All right. Myth two. As we get older, weight gain is inevitable. What says Dr. Snyder? Absolutely not. It's important though, that we recognize that when our hormones are shifting and changing, estrogen being a power player here, that as estrogen decreases, we do lose some of that protection around insulin sensitivity. But again, if we can understand our metabolism and understand that our bodies are going to shift and change, we can create more metabolic flexibility. It's really just understanding how we can move from fat burning mode to sugar burning mode. And I think this is critical for any of us at any age, Mm -hmm. but especially as we start to shift in those hormones, guess what, ladies, it is going down. Whether we want to acknowledge it or not, our bodies are going to shift and change. But the beautiful thing is, is that we are the CEO of our health and we have the ability to shift and change along with it. Mm, I love that. So next myth, you must be on hormone replacement therapy, HRT, to manage menopause symptoms. Absolutely not. Now, that's not to say that I don't, I'm not, I, I think bioidenticals have its place. And I think that every woman's a little bit different. And I always think it's important to be working with a practitioner like myself or, or Dr. Will here to really figure out and dial in what you're needing. But no, I, I think that there's a lot of different lifestyle recommendations that we can implement from meditation to what we put in our bodies to feeding our gut and protecting our liver that can help us be symptom-free and have high vitality for decades to come. So let's talk about hormone replacement therapy. Like you said, mm-hmm. there is a place for it. When do you see it to be a good tool? Like maybe, is it the, maybe not the first re- intervention? I mean, at what point should people be considering HRT? 
I think where we should be looking at HRT is after we do dial in some of the else, other health recommendations, like, look, we need to look at nutrient deficiencies. We need to look at inflammation as a whole. We need to see, are we talking about a gut issue or a liver issue here? I think that those are two of the biggest places we start is what can we do to feed our gut? What can we do to protect our liver? And then what can we do to balance out our metabolism? What, are, what does your hemoglobin A1C say? What is your fasting blood glucose say, remember, we think about the crux of what's driving our body and driving our, our, our cellular function is going to be how we take care of our bodies and what we put into our bodies. And this has a profound impact on the endocrine system as well. I think we got to dial those things in first, working with practitioners before we start to look at whether we need to add in more bioidentical testosterone, progesterone, estrogen. And with that said, I think that's always so necessary because these are preventing things from the big chronic conditions, right? Cardiovascular disease, Alzheimer's, type two diabetes, you know, the, the big the concerns that we, all of us have. But if you are struggling with, let's say, hot flashes or, or vaginal dryness, there are definitely times we can bring that in. And, and especially when it comes to things like vaginal dryness, it can be a, it can actually be a localized topical application of estrogen that you can use opposed to putting it in the body oral where it's systemic. And so it is, it is person by person. I find that the, the three top symptoms that my women, that, that my community struggle with are going to be weight are going to be a lack of energy, which is mitochondrial function, which is also driven by metabolic function. And it's going to be brain fog, which I find is a direct connection to how the gut and liver are functioning. And so I always, if those are the top three things that I'm seeing in my community is, you know, vaginal dryness and hot flashes are actually at the kind of at the bottom of the list. And so I'm finding personally that we are missing the boat by just slathering progesterone and estrogen yeah. on women and not actually going in and looking at mitochondrial function and metabolic function. Agreed wholeheartedly. And what I always say to patients is, look, if once we deal with what's going on in the gut and dealing with inflammation, dealing with what's going on with from a metabolic flexibility standpoint and blood sugar balance, one of two things will happen. One is may your symptoms may all go away when you do it, even if your hormones aren't in the, you know, they would not, wouldn't be as high as they would be if you were on HRT, but you're going to feel great and all your other context of your health looks wonderful. Or you may find that some of your symptoms are still lingering a lot better, but still some stubborn areas. And like you said, there's a place for HRT. And what I found is that people's body can actually make good use of the HRT a lot more effectively because their body's receptor sites are actually more sensitive to the hormones. It's more effective. Do you, do you find that to be the case too? I find that to be 100% of the case. Like we've got to do the, we've got to do the fundamentals. Yeah, We have to do the fundamentals because at the end of the day, I think what we're looking for is we're looking for endless energy. We're looking for joy. We are looking to do the things that we were put on this earth to do. And it's got to be addressed on a cellular level. It's got to be addressed by, by reducing that inflammation. Then our bodies are more receptive to adding in, whether it's bioidenticals or a specific type of supplement or an yeah. adaptogen, your body just is more receptive to receive receiving those more ancillary treatments. Absolutely. Because your body's more in a parasympathetic hormonal balanced state, which is where you want to be. Mm -hmm. Symbiotica is a health supplement company designing sophisticated formulations that are scientifically proven to increase vitality and longevity by filling nutritional gaps that result from our modern day diet. They use the highest quality bioavailable ingredients and the most advanced delivery system. Symbiotica's liposomal vitamin C is a synergistic formula that plays a key role in immune system function, collagen production, healthy aging. It contains bamboo silica, one of nature's most beautifying minerals required for collagen production, normal cell function, and strong connective tissue. I also love their vitamin D3, K2, and CoQ10. These are three immensely deficient nutrients that you can get in bioavailable forms in the synergistic formula that promotes a balanced mood, supports heart health, and boosts overall immunity. They also have a super greens that I love. They have a liposomal magnesium L-threonate that I love for brain health. You can take their online quiz to figure out the best supplements for your specific health goals. All you have to do is use code Will Cole on symbiotica.com 
for 15% off site-wide or create your own custom bundle and get up to 45% off. The code applies on top of custom bundle discount. Really pretty cool. Again, that's symbiotica.com, C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Use code WillCole at symbiotica.com for 15% off. And if you haven't checked out Sherveen's episode on the art of being well, I talked to him. He's the CEO, founder of Symbiotica. Man, this is a illuminating conversation. You would learn so much if you haven't checked it out. Do so. All right, next myth. This is a big one. I see it a lot. A hysterectomy is the only solution to heavy bleeding and fibroids during perimenopause. This is just the most heartbreaking thing. And again, that talked about that knowledge gap of like, we've just got to change our, our understanding of women's bodies. We've got, we just, we've got to do better is what we got to do. We got to do better when it comes to women. And I'm hoping the tide will change, especially with so many functional practitioners and, and women experts out there that are really digging into, you know, what is moving the needle in a positive direction for women. So I, we talked about estrogen dominance earlier. And what we know to be true is that 89% of women before they enter menopause will have fibroids. Wow. And that has everything to do. When we look at, when we look at labs, when we look at it from a functional perspective, it makes so much sense. Again, per, protect that liver, feed that gut. You know, you know, oftentimes we are having, you know, we talked about that, that differential between progesterone and estrogen, but a lot of estrogen dominance, which is driving the fibroids, which is driving the heavy bleeding. I'll, I'll, I want to share a quick story. I remember my mom, when she was 48 years old, she was having severe estrogen dominance. And at the time I, I didn't realize what was going on. I just thought she was in peri, perimenopause hot mess, you know, just like all women or, or that she was in menopause. Cause I, I had not understood the definition between the two at the time. And she had been bleeding so badly that she went through 30 tampons in a day. And she, I don't know, she flushed them down the toilet. So she plugged the toilet. She had to bring a plumber in and wow. this plumber comes out into the kitchen. And he has a tampon in his hand and he's pointing at my mom and he's like, there were 32 of these in your oh toilet. And gosh, just what? horrible, horrible person. And just like shame. I mean, we think about how we shame women in so yeah. many different directions. This man just comes out and shames my mom Messed who's up. just bleeding, you know, to the point that she's anemic and she was dealing with severe estrogen dominance. And so in we, I, I took over her care at that point. We cleaned up her liver. We loved up on her gut. We brought in some, some supplements to help her liver detoxify that excess estrogen. But the fact that we go straight to a myomectomy or a hysterectomy as a solving a solution that really requires a more integrative approach is just, it's outrageous. And so there are so many things that we can do first and foremost, first helping the liver, helping the gut, clearing that excess estrogen. It can be coming from all kinds of places. And then there's uh, there's even other interventions in the medical system that we can use before a hysterectomy is even a consideration. Love it. Last myth is the only symptoms that are associated with menopause are hot flashes and night sweats. You kind of debunked this already because it's quite a bit more. But what <laughs> what, what are we getting wrong there? We're getting so much wrong here. And again, that's just, you know, you think about when you women who have their periods, they're moody, they're the worst, you know, like, and then we, and then menopause is just hot flashes and night sweats. We're just so quick to just label, label yeah. women as, you know, and that's why we really, women really struggle in the medical system is in general, we get gaslit all the time and dismissed because so much, so many of our symptoms are subjective, right? Mm -hmm. Exhaustion is subjective. Pain is subjective. And it, we're just so quick to write, write women off. And so if we can just like shove you in a category of, oh yeah, you've just got hot flashes and you're old and you're frumpy, you know, it's, we, we need to reevaluate what's going on. And again, it's all about understanding what is happening. Earlier, I talked about how our hormones are shifting, important information to know. And it's important to also know that a lot of what can be driving those hot flashes is actually insulin resistance and an unhappy mm -hmm. liver. And we never look at those types of things. We just blame it on estrogen. And so it, it, there's a lot more that's going on with women in menopause that I think we need to take seriously and that we need to be mindful of and not to just, just be like, oh, don't worry about it, Missy. You just have hot flashes and, and night sweats and there's nothing else to concern yourself with. So I always tell women that if they're dealing with significant hot flashes and night sweats, it's time to look at your liver. 
Mm. All right. So that's a perfect segue. So how do people that are listening to this conversation right now, how do they take control over their health, have agency over their bodies and not be at the whim of, you know, what the heck's going on or doctors delegitimizing them or I call it medsplaining, which is like mansplaining only with medical doctors where it's like this doctor God complex. So what can they do to start having agency over their health? I think the first step is deciding. I think that's the very first step is that you get to decide. This ain't your mama's perimenopause and this ain't your mama's menopause. Now I hope to have, I don't want my mama's perimenopause. That is for sure. <laughs> because I, I, you know, it was a hot mess before I went in and cleaned it up. I would love to have my mama's menopause because I remember she at 50 years old, she was like, it's not going down like this. It's not, um, it's not going to be my mother's menopause. And I remember her sauntering in to menopause with so much grace and so much sensuality and so much Beyonce-ness. I was like, I want that. I want that. And so I think it's about deciding. You get to decide how you want to feel and look moving forward. And then again, we're talking about how we can love up on our bodies. And so it all starts, and you and I both know this, I mean, outside of testing, testing is always a great place to kind of know where you're at. I think having wearables where you can literally tell what's happening in real time so you can make adjustments. Like my mama loves her CGM. My, you know, she loves her whoop strap. She loves, she just, she loves her Apple watch. She likes to track all of her things so that she can make changes. We, we're always talking about her health and wellness and what she can do to improve upon it because she wants to be running for the next decade, you know? And so that's the first step. So nutrition is foundational as far as I'm concerned. And I think it's about, it's really about nourishing your body and nourishing your body with great, as many plants as possible, healthy fats and clean protein. So fiber, protein, and fats is where it's at. And I would say stay within that grouping as much as humanly possible. Then also, I think it's also critical to, you know, create the self-care piece, breathe as much as possible, take walks outside. One of our big commitments this year and part of the joy experience is to walk after meals. And I will have to say, I, I just wrote a full solo on my podcast that walking after dinner is single-handedly the most important thing that you can do for your metabolic health. And it's one of the easiest things that you can do for your metabolic health. And so, you know, it's it's really first and foremost, deciding, setting up that nutritional piece, movement, whatever you can do to de-stress and love your body, and then work with somebody who can help really dial in those fine-tuned areas to just get you feeling your best. Love it. Great advice. All right, my friend, as you know, the podcast is called The Art of Being Well. This is the part of the podcast where this is Dr. Marisa's Art of Being Well. This is your art of being well. Are you up for this challenge? Yeah. Yes, right. I am. You do not know the questions. I will throw I them don't. out randomly. First question, you're stuck on an island and you have one food and one food only. You're looking at survival and nutrient density. What's that food? Avocados. Love it. It's avocado. Love it. Just straight mm -hmm. up. If you had like some Can extra- Can I have more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get creative here. <laughs> Just for fun. <laughs> okay, so I would do, if it's if it's like, okay, so I would do, gosh, I'm like, what, what, what would go amazing with avocado? I would do grass-fed, like a grass-fed steak with avocado, arugula, and, and some olive oil. Love it. Love it. Clean protein, healthy fats, some fiber. Perfect. Just like you said. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and bitter greens for the liver. That's right. Got it. All right. Next question, completely opposite end of the spectrum. One food, one food only, purely on taste and deliciousness alone, health benefits aside, what's that food for you? Mm. Raspberries. Really? I love raspberries. And you can imagine they're Kingston's, one of Kingston's favorite foods as well. Yeah. Good. They're great, kid. Snacks. Oh my gosh, they're so yeah. good. All right, quick next question. What are two supplements that have been the biggest game changers for you personally? Mm, the number one has been magnesium. Magnesium, woo, goodness. And then adaptogens. I am a big fan of, of holy basil. I am a recovering stressaholic. So <laughs> as much holy basil as possible. <laughs> What's your favorite type of magnesium? Do you have a favorite kind, source of I it? do like magnesium glycinate, especially for women in perimenopause, low progesterone. It's again, that chill pill. I take, I take my magnesium glycinate at night. And if you really need to dial it in a little bit, adding taurine in, that is like the perfect chill pill to get you to sleep. Love that. What's a free or low cost wellness tool that you feel like doesn't get enough airtime? No, breath, breath work. 
I, you know, I, I, I'm a big, I love meditating, but there's something about the physicality of breath work because you can feel it and it, you can kind of, as you're breathing, you can kind of get caught in the meditation of it. I know so often we feel like we're failing at meditation mm-hmm. and it's because it's hard. Let's be straight up. It is what it is. <laughs> but breath, breath work, which I think has the same benefits, you can anchor into your breath and whoa, you can shift. You can literally shift everything in like less than a couple of minutes. Love it. So what uh, breath work I I've done it before, but I'm by no means an expert on it. So I is what's a good resource for that. Is there a specific type of breath work that you like? I have some friends locally who do breath work sessions here, mind blowing, but those are like long journeys, like hour plus I we're going to do one on Saturday. I'm so excited. Mama gets to do one because it's pretty <laughs> rare for me to have that kind of time, Yeah. but there is an app called Othership that I'm using and they have four and five minute breathwork boots that I'll do at least one. And oh my gosh, it shifts everything. And the fact that you can get that much benefit in that short of amount of time using an app like that, I think, I think everyone should have it. That's awesome. And we'll put the links to everything we're talking about here in the show notes for people Mm -hmm. that are wondering. All right. Next question. What's your favorite way to exercise? Ooh, I'm not going to lie. I love the Peloton. I love Robin Arizona. She <laughs> fires me. Oh my goodness. I just did a 20 minute 90s hip hop ride with her. She had some Snoop Dogg on. Snoop <laughs> you guys, Dogg. you and Robin Arizona have like the same energy. You guys are like soul sisters in many ways. She is. And she's a new mama too. That's right. You know what I'm saying? So I love, I love everything. And I'm all about like her big thing is, I mean, you, you know, you wearing the crown, polishing it yeah. with sweat and hustle everything. I have a, a cool, I wore my tank top today. It said, breathe, meditate, hustle and repeat, you know, <laughs> <She's> <laughs> so cool. that is, that is definitely. And then the, the next thing I love to do, I love walking. I love walking on the beach. And I think that is also take We don't talk enough about the, the powerful and incredible benefits of walking. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's like, it's so simple that it doesn't get the respect that it deserves. It deserves so much respect. It yeah. can literally reverse your prediabetes. Yeah. I That's mean, how much powerful. respect it deserves. Yeah. And, and and look, it's it's a really gentle on your body, on your joints mm-hmm. as well. So it's one of those things that I'll, most people can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We do it every day. I do. I walk at least twice a day. We go to the zoo almost every week because we, we live in San Diego. So we go to the San Diego Zoo. I literally go just to walk. I mean, the animals are amazing. Yeah, (laughs) but they're like, they're more for Kingston than you. They're more for Kingston. (laughs) I don't know. Being around animals, let's just say in nature in general, is very meditative to me as well. It's like very calming and we don't get, we don't connect enough with nature. And sometimes it's the wild animal parks or something like that. It is. Well, and and just a little tidbit, if you guys were wondering, the San Diego Zoo has literally almost a million plant species. Wow. So it's gore. It's a gorgeous, it's a gorgeous place to be. Love it. So I love it. Love it. All right. Next question. What's the weirdest wellness thing that you've done that you're willing to admit on a podcast? Gosh, I wouldn't say it's the weirdest wellness thing, but, and I think it's super beneficial too. And I have no problem admitting that I do it is coffee enemas. Love it. You know what? The last, one of the last conversations I had, it was the same coffee animals too. Again, I don't think it's weird to me. It's like, I don't either, but I know some people are like, what? what? (laughs) I'll tell you what, what did I say? Protect your liver. If there's anything you walk away from this conversation today is walk, walk it out, walk it out literally. And let me tell you really quickly, if you're going to eat an ice cream, you're going to eat, drink a milkshake. You know, this is the French paradox and the Italian paradox is they, they walk while they eat this stuff. You know what I'm saying? So walk it out, walk it after your meal, ideally 30 minutes to two hours after that meal is the best time to do it. Got it. So for people that are like, what the heck's a coffee enema? And they can kind of surmise what it is, but what, what are some of the benefits of it? And yeah, go into detail. So basically, you know, so caffeine, and I, 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 I love caffeine. I'm not going to pretend like I don't, but caffeine going through the hepatic portal through your, through your liver allows your, allows to pull more toxins, allows to pull out more of, cause you're, let's be honest, your liver. And when was the last time you all thought about your liver? I want to know because your liver, she is working 24 seven. She's got one of the dirtiest jobs anyone's got. <laughs> she, no one's, no one's, she's on overtime. 
You know what I'm saying? And so, so coffee enema is basically that coffee allows for us to pull more toxins out of the liver through the hepatic portal and out and out into the toilet. Got it. Very, very nice. I have a, an article at drworldcole.com first, if people want to read more about it, I'm sure you've talked about it too in other Mm -hmm. places. All right. Next question. What's one, if you had only one skincare product product you could use, what would be that product for you? What would be that product? I would say skincare product would be a vitamin C serum. Do you have anyone that you like in particular? You know what? I, I Beauty Counter is the one I've used. Cool. You know, and I think I think they do a good job on that. Yeah, my wife uses that one too. It's good. Mm-hmm. All right. Last question, my friend. Everyone's gonna get your book and we'll tell them where to go in a moment. But what's one book that you've read in the last year that's really got you thinking in, in a new way? Ooh, that is such a great, great, great question. One of my favorite books that I've read a couple of times, I actually have it in front of me mm-hmm. right now. <laughs> is Super Attractor by Gabby Bernstein, one of my favorites. And she's just incredible. And so that would be one. And then I'm not going to regale you all with all the parenting books that I've read over the last year. What are, what are some <laughs> good parenting books? I'm sure people want to know. Well, the book that I'm reading right now is super powerful because, you know, will we all come into parenting with our own trauma, with our own stuff? And True. so I'm reading a book called Parenting from the Inside by Dr. Daniel Siegel. And he wrote No Drama Discipline, Whole Brain Child. And so I've loved those books, but I spent a year cleaning up a lot of my stuff, getting ready for Kingston. And, you know, every little, you know, the thing about as your, as your babies get older, you're parenting yourself throughout that whole process. And so it's been super important to us to be so mindful and to be so calm and to be so gentle and positive around Kingston to just really be a safe place to land so that he shows us his incredible, authentic self. And so I've taken that very, very seriously. That's great. Great, great suggestions. Again, I'll put the links to all these books in in the show notes. All right, my friend, I love talking to you. It's been too long. Where do people go? Where do people go for the books? Your podcast, tell them about the podcast. Yes, we just hit 4 million downloads on the podcast. What, what? It's all about women's hormone health. Um, it's called Essentially You. You can find it on iTunes, Apple Play, Spotify, all the places. And then the books are on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, everywhere books are stole, sold. The new book is called The Essential Oils Menopause Solution. And it has a, a phenomenal 21-day program that's all about loving up that gut and protecting the liver. My friend, thank you so much. I appreciate you immensely. Me too. I appreciate you as well. Thank you. At the end of every episode, I'll be answering a question from one of you guys. Nothing is off limits. Ask me anything. And you can send your questions over to me on Instagram or Facebook. As a functional medicine practitioner, it's been fun seeing the questions that have already come in on different food philosophies, wellness trends, and ways to approach overall mental, emotional, and physical health and well-being. Thanks for those. And I'm looking forward to seeing what else is on your mind. Now it's time (laughs) for another Ask Me Anything. Today's question is from Jack W. So mysterious, Jack. I don't know what the W is, but they ask, do you actually use all of the sponsors on the podcast? I'm assuming the products of the sponsors. But the question is, do you actually use all of the sponsors on the podcast or is it just about the advertising? And maybe this is a little bit cynical, Jack. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you actually want to know. Let's talk about this. Podcasts, at least this one, are free. Free content, right? That's amazing. You don't have to pay for it. It's completely accessible. It's affordable to everyone around the world. It's democratizing amazing wellness information. It's democratizing amazing functional medicine information. So the way that I can maintain this to be a free podcast is through sponsors. And there are different models for podcasts. There's subscription-based podcasts. There's ones on paid channels. This one's completely free. So the way that the podcast can be free is through sponsors. But I am extremely picky and my team is extremely picky on what sponsors are on the podcast. So if you listen to the show, and you hear me talk about one of our sponsors, let me be clear. It is only because I use it personally, or I recommend it to patients, or both, 
or someone on my team loves it as well. And we have just a personal affinity. We love it in our personal lives. So we say no to lots of different companies that may be great, but just aren't the right fit for us. So you can have full confidence that if it's, a, if it's me talking about a sponsor on the podcast, it's because I use it, I recommend it to patients or both. And I love our sponsors. So yeah, they're really good. They're good, healthy things to use in your life or whether it be a product or a service or whatever it is, whatever it is. So yeah, that's how it's determined. It's vetted that they come to my team and I look through what they're offering. And again, at this point, at least, it's only been people that I know of anyways, or we recommend to patients. So thank you for the question, Jack W. Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. I'll be back every Monday and Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon.